Welcome to a lecture presented by members of the Syracuse New York class. My name is Sharon Walsh and I'll be your moderator for this class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated and shown proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school is a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in 1958. Since that time, we have established branch schools throughout the United States, Canada, and other certain foreign countries. The Syracuse, New York class was established in 1969. The Dean of the Syracuse, New York class is Dr. Patrick Trevison. Our president is Dr. Robert Welch. And our vice president is Dr. John Cometti. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew texts. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been mistranslated to read Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been mistranslated to read God. The true name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been mistranslated to read Jesus. Now, Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, states in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and that there are God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that is the title that the creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Latin language, or the Greek language has and no characters or letters that would produce the sound that is made by the letter J. <clears throat> Neither was there a letter J in our English language until some 1,400 years after the death of the Messiah, making such names as Jesus and Jehovah improper renderings of the true name of the Father and his Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in that state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds. We have Yahweh <clears throat> in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. 
We have that cloud painted all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart abides within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in that pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself, known as Yahweh Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. That form can only be seen in divine vision and understood in divine revelation. Later on, the self-same spirit manifested himself and walked the earth plane known as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world erroneously calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Messiah at the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of the name and title can be had by reading the preface of a Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by a divine pattern. It's called a divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses on top of Mount Sinai and showed him this tabernacle pattern in a vision. He instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. This tabernacle pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. We also go about in this school to show proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of the threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Our 10 primary constitutional aims and objectives are as follows. First is to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second is to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third is to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth is to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Fifth is to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth is to learn, know, <clears throat> and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensation and ages. Seventh is to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons, operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth is to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered on the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth is to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby men can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. 
and tenth is to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, I'd like to have the class dedicated in prayer by Dr. Rochelle Morgan from Illinois. And that'll be followed by a scripture, which is Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. And that and all scriptures for this class will be read by Dr. Dave Frankowski from Oceanside, California. And Dr. Bruce Geller will be our other reader for this class. Dr. Morgan. Good evening, class. Good evening, class. Let us all take a moment out and give reverence unto Yahweh, our Elohim, to our Savior, Yahshua. We are so grateful that he has taken the time to have us meet again in these wonderful Zoom classes where we tell the truth about the gospel of Yahshua, the Messiah. And we pray that he will edify the body today with the speakers sharing what they've learned since coming down to the school, because this is where we got our information at a class like this, not through a man, but through the Holy Spirit himself, Yahweh, our Elohim, through our Savior, Yahshua. And I ask that we get some edification tonight, some glorification to the Father. And we ask this in our Savior's name, Yahshua, the Messiah. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good afternoon and good evening to everyone. Tonight I'll be reading scripture out of the King James Version of the Bible, inserting the proper names where applicable. And tonight I'll be reading 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as that day of Yahshua is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there be, shall come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called Elohim or that is worship, so that he, as Elohim, sitteth in the temple of Yahweh, showing that he is Yahweh. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed at his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who thou letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom Yahshua shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all the power and signs and lying wonders and, and with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, Yahweh shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. 
But we are bound to give thanks always to Yahweh for you, brethren, beloved of our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, because Yahweh hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah himself, and Yahweh, even the Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Second Thessalonians, the second chapter. Thank you, Dr. Morgan and Dr. Frankowski. <clears throat> At this time, uh, I'd like to welcome all that have uh, joined us in our Zoom room and also those that are joining us on our YouTube channel. Um, at this time, uh, I'd like to say that we will have a three-speaker format, um, and you will verbally have a 10-minute uh, or a five-minute um, uh, warning for your five minutes for your lecture. And at this time, I'd like to refer back to our uh, dean, Dr. Patrick Trevison, to call on our first speaker. Good evening, everybody. I am pleased to announce for our first speaker from Oceanside, California, Dr. Jerry Geller. Good evening, everyone. Please be patient for a minute because Bruce is going to drag the phone over from the other side of the room. I hope you can hear me. Let's see. This is a loaded scripture. There's a several ways to go. But I think I'm going to start, have you start at 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13. And Bruce, obviously, Bruce will not be able to read. Okay, okay, so, I got you. Second Thessalonians two and thirteen. Uh huh. But, but we are bound to give thanks always to Yahweh for you, beloved brethren, beloved of Yahshua, because Yahweh hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the mm -hmm. truth. That is so encouraging when you finally are able to see that Yahweh, he chose us. He gave us to Yahshua. He chose us from the beginning, chose us to be saved through the sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. He chose us. And if you go back into the scriptures, you find that he specifically chose those that he was going to work with down in the law and the prophets on both in both mysteries he chose them but you find that he chose Moses and had him be hid 
hid in the bushes by his sister and have him go through all that stuff. He chose him because he was going to be the leader that led them out of the out of bondage in Egypt. And Moses was chosen and set apart when he was just a baby. Actually, it was before that even. He was chosen. It wasn't anything that he, he rose his hand, Moses, in the in the in the womb or something, and said, "I I choose to go live in the household of Pharaoh." It it was because Yahweh chose him. And you see, down through that Yahweh chose those who he was going to work with. Uh, we read over there uh, where it says, "Where the if there be a prophet among you, I Yahweh." Numbers 12. Numbers 12 and 6. I'll just quote it. If there be a prophet among you, I, Yahweh, will make myself known unto him in a vision and in a dream. So Yahweh's going to choose. It's not like, it's not like, I I feel like being a minister. I'm going to go to, to prophet school. I'm going to go to seminary school and become a minister. That's not how it works when it comes to Yahweh. Yahweh is the one that's going to choose the ones he's going to give a vision to or allow to see and understand him. He's going to choose that person. And he chose Joseph back there. You find that, that he, Joseph in type was, he was preferred over his brethren and given that coat of many colors and and all the things he had to go through, but he was chosen a fourth time to help lead those children of Israel out of bondage because he's the one that went into Egypt and saved them from the um, famine. So Yahweh, when it comes to salvation, he's the one that's doing all the choosing. And it's because of that, or whereunto in verse 14 of Second Thessalonians, Dave, Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah. So he's chosen us unto salvation. And because of that, he's called us by our gospel to the obtaining of glory or the receiving of the Holy, Holy Spirit. So Yahshua or Yahweh is the one that has chosen us from the beginning to know and understand something about him. And it's, it's a great burden to know, a burden off of us. He says his burden, come unto me all that ye are heavy laden and I will give you rest. It's a burden being out there in the churches and even in class, if you're in the situation where you're trying to earn your own righteousness and earn your own salvation. It's a great burden to try to do that because the fact of the matter is, is that you can't, you can't. I, I used to think I had to be good enough to get the Holy spirit and boy, did I try. And the more I tried, the worse it was. And that's just the way it is. Yahweh gave that law to the whole children of Israel back there so that they could realize that they weren't going to be righteous on their own, that the only righteousness that they were going to have is in Yahweh. Yahweh said, there's none righteous. No, no, not one. So if you're not in the body of Yahshua, you're, 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 
there's nothing you're going to do to earn it. Now let's get 2 Timothy 1 and 9, please. 2 Timothy 1 and 9. Thank you, Sean. Who hath, no problem, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not so according... He he saved us, Yahshua the Messiah, and he's called us with the holy calling. That that calling, that, that we were chosen from the beginning, remember? And that's why we were called unto this gospel. It's a holy calling. Read. Not according to our works. Not according to our works. Our works have nothing to do with us being called. He didn't call us because we were raising our hand, jumping up and down, and had worked ourselves up to a place where we could be seen or heard. He it has nothing to do with anything that we did, anything we do. It's not by works. Read. But according to his own purpose and grace. It's which according was to his purpose and grace. So when we talk about how Yahweh purpose this whole creation part of that purpose was that we would be saved read on which was given us in yahshua the messiah before the world began see it was given unto us before the world even began so if you're waiting for something to be given to you, it's already been given to you. It's just a matter for him to show it to you, what you've been given, or to call you according to that gospel to receive that which he's already determined and given unto us before the world began. So he has he's chosen us from the beginning and called us, not by our works, but by his purpose. That's how he's saved us there's nothing that we can do in fact if you could give for me um i'll just quote this one john 15 and 5 it says without me you can do nothing it doesn't say without me you can you know do you know you can try to make yourself worthy it says you can't do anything without him nothing in fact, you find out that Yahweh says that, oh, shoot, it just slipped my mind as quick as it went in there. I hate that when that happens. Anyway, without me, he said, you, you can do nothing. And you, he said that to his disciples who, by the way, he chose. It's not, like, it's not like he said, let me have some volunteers to be disciples. Let me see who has gone and has the most knowledge of the scriptures that I can pick. He went and picked a tax collector and fishermen. And he, he picked them <laughs> not because of who they were, where they had studied, how much knowledge they had, what kind of upbringing they had. It had nothing to do with that. He chose them from the... Tax collectors were considered the slime of the earth back then. He picked one of them, Matthew, I believe it was, to be one of his disciples. So he's the one that chose them. And then they thought, oh, well, let's choose when Judas was, was out of the question. They're like, let us choose somebody else. 
<laughs> Yahweh is the one that chose Paul or Saul. <laughs> it wasn't that they were going to draw sticks and they were going to come up with Saul. Who would have chose him? He was persecuting the Yashuans. But Yahweh chose Saul. And Saul, we have we've gotten so much knowledge and understanding because of the things he revealed to us through that vessel of Saul. And you would have never thought he'd have, it wasn't because he, what he had done that he got picked of anything. He would have been the, he, the last person you'd have wanted to pick. But it wasn't, it's, it's not because of anything that we've done. He's chosen us. Now let's get Acts 22 and 14, please. Did you get John 15 and 16 yet? Did we get John 15 and 16? Let's get John 15 and 16 too. Acts 22 and 14, Jerry? Yeah, yes, thank you. Okay. And he said, the Elohim of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will and see the just one and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. Now, we have to know and, and we have to see with our, you know, spiritual understanding and we have to hear with that, you know, it's not somebody that sees and, and hears from a physical standpoint. He's the one, in fact, he says who he's going to cause us to see. The, he's going to cause the blind to see and the deaf to hear. And as an example of that, when he's healing people, he heals a deaf person, deaf person, and a blind person, so that we can see by example. He's going to heal us spirit from a spiritual standpoint. And when he heal, when he does that healing, it's not because somebody that's blind and deaf is able to do something to to make themselves see. He has to do it for them. He has to do it. And they didn't like oh oh oh, you know. Look at me, I'm so great. No, he, he they were blind. They were deaf. And he was able to cause them to see and know. He says, it is the Elohim or Yahshua that has chosen you to know Yahweh, to know his will, and to see Yahshua the Messiah. So if you know and understand something about Yahweh, I mean, really know and understand, then it's because you've been chosen. And it, what, what a great thing to be chosen of Yahweh. How blessed are we that Yahweh from this world, out of the millions and millions of people in this world, ha just so happened to choose us. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know it's not because we're something special. It's because Yahweh chose us. That's the only thing that's special about us is that we're chosen of Yahweh and it's not Yahweh. It's not us that's special because he said over there in um, Romans, the ninth chapter, he talks about how he's going to have mercy on who he's going to have mercy and, and, uh, and, wrath upon who he's going to have the wrath on and it's not going to be of, of us and he talks about the potter having power over the clay and if you can just picture a potter you know i've only time i've seen a potter pot 
was on Ghost, I guess. And you can see him taking the um, the clay and shaping it. I don't know what they were making. I can't remember. I was too busy paying attention to what was going on around there. But they they took the clay and molded it into into a vessel. And and when you are molding those clay, there's lots of things you can make with clay. There's vessels of honor and there's vessels of dishonor. You could make an ashtray out of clay. I've seen clay ashtrays that were made to hold butts, stinky butts. See, or you could make a beautiful vase out of the same lump of clay that's meant to hold beautiful, beautiful flowers. And some of us, we were chosen to hold something stinky and something burning like a cigarette butt. We're, well, some of us were chosen from beforehand to be vessels of unrighteousness, to be manifestations of unrighteousness. And then there were some of us that were chosen aforetime to be vessels to, to hold or inhabit, be inhabited by the Holy Spirit. And we look in the creation all the time, don't we? And we say, oh, that um, snake is a manifestation of unrighteousness. You see, he's poisonous. You can pick him up by his tail. And um, there, whether he's a rattlesnake, you can, you can tell if he's poisonous. And, 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 and that snake's slither around on the ground they're 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 bound to the ground and all we can give you all the examples of how the the snake is a manifestation of that misery of iniquity and then we'll say oh look at that eagle is a manifestation of the of the um mystery of righteousness and we'll run down all the examples of and, and we can do it we do that with all kind of the lamb is a type of yashua the messiah he goes to you know he's a very docile tame lamb he's uh, humble you know and we'll just say that's an example of the mystery of righteousness and, and we never come to the realization that that you know what you you and me were either a manifestation of righteousness or Yahshua the Messiah is manifest in us or we're manifest in iniquity as one, one or the other. And he has chosen us by his mercy to be vessels of righteousness. How awesome is that? He's chosen us to be a vessel of righteousness, a vessel that the Holy Spirit abides in, that the Holy Spirit takes over and works in and promotes his gospel through us. What a blessing, what an honor that he has given unto us that we should be to the praise of his glory every day and every second because we are so truly blessed over all all people to know and understand something about him. Now, if you go to Matthew, the 22nd chapter, and you read about the end, it talks about that. Uh, uh, I think it, I think it's like verse 21 or something like that. If you could get that for me, Matthew 24, 21, 24, 21 or 22, 21, 24, 21. It's the All one right. about the chapter about the end. Okay. So uh, Matthew 24, 20, but pray ye that your fight 
be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Mm -hmm. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Now, he's talking about the end and how horrible it's going to be at the end. And every time we look around, it's like, boy, it's getting horrible out there. And every time we turn around, we're like, good grief, there's disease, there's pestilences, there's earthquakes in diverse places, there's shootings every day to where it's like they don't even report some of the shootings. It's like it has to be a mass shooting for them to even put it on the TV because it's so rampant, the people that get shot and killed these days. There's so much evil in the world and we think, oh, it's not going to get any worse, but it's going to get so bad that even those that have been elected, the elect, would not be saved if he didn't shorten it. So don't don't think that this thing's going to just go on and going to be a, a, a picnic at the park. Things could get bad. You know, you never know what's going to happen in the purpose of Yahweh, except for this. We know that Yahweh is going to take care of us no matter what. That's the wonderful thing. We don't have to worry about what's going to go on because Yahweh's, Yahweh's God is covered. And even... Whatever ha happens to us in this physical life, Yahweh's chosen us from the beginning to be saved. And we have everlasting life in him. How glorious is that? Now, when it talks about that at the end, that even the elect, he would shorten it even for the elect's sake. You can't turn the TV on anymore without hearing about elections that take place. Elections aren't because somebody has a fervor to have a particular place in office and, and they say, oh, they have to be chosen. You can't just say, I'm going to be the president of the United States. That's the way it is. No, you have to be chosen. You have to be elected. That's what that word elect means, chosen. I used to think it meant elite for the elite's sake, but it's not for the elite's sake. It's for the elect's sake that because many weak and beggarly people, Yahweh's chosen from the weak and beggarly people of this world to, to give his spirit unto, just like he worked with, with the weak and beggarly nations and everything back there. So to show his power so that no one would give the credit unto the anybody but Yahweh because it was Yahweh that delivered them out of out of this situation this situation and every situation it's him because he's chosen us from the beginning for salvation and we might have to go through some stuff look at Joseph was was um was chosen to be their salvation down in Egypt. But before that happened, even though he was chosen and he had the examples of it, Yahweh was working with them, giving them visions and stuff, but he still had to go down into bondage and, and, and be resurrected. And you, same thing with Moses. Moses. Moses was chosen of Yahweh. He was a goodly child, but he still had to go be under Pharaoh and then get chased out of town, have to run out of town and 
and and go through all the things he went through. He had to go through some stuff even though he was chosen. So we're going to have to go through some stuff even though we're chosen, but we can't let it discourage us that we're going through stuff because those things that we go through, those trials and tribulations are what is causing that Holy Spirit to be revealed working in us. Because every time, in fact, I think it was Paul that said, my, my, um, in my weakness, Yahshua's strength, I know that I really butchered that. But he was talking about the things he was weak in. Yahshua's strength is what shines through. And that's how it works with us. When we know, you know what, I wouldn't have reacted that way in times past. I know that that's not me. It's Yahshua the Messiah in me acting like that. And that those are the things that give us confidence to know that we have been chosen. Because we see that he's in there working. And, and even though I know myself, I've started so many projects that are halfway through. I just threw away a, 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 a needlepoint that I had been storing for years. I didn't even know I had. And it was halfway done, this beautiful pillow, halfway done. And I just threw it away because I'm never going to finish it anymore. But how many things have you started and you didn't finish? But that's not the way it is with Yahweh. He's the author and finisher of our faith. That means that he's the one that, authored or came up with if you will our faith it wasn't that we had faith so we earned the holy spirit no he's the one that authored that faith he's the one that chose us to know and see remember we already read that he's the one that authored that faith and he's the one that's going to finish it and he's never ever fallen short of his word like the song says he's never ever not finished what he started he started this thing way back in eternity Yahweh and it's come to every single thing that he said was going to happen has come to fruition everything that he we're still learning about things that Yahshua the Messiah fulfilled when he was in this flesh that we didn't even realize and he's still fulfilling his promise to us now by giving us of his spirit and he's finishing until that last that last stone is put into that temple or the last one receives the holy spirit then it's going to be over with and he's going to be done and he's going to take his sons who were chosen in him from the beginning back to the father and say look at look at what i i have that and this is what he's going to say I have lost none that you have given me. I know there's a scripture that says that. Does somebody know where it is? He says, I have lost none that you have given me. Bruce says it's done. John 17. So you know, if you were given to Yahshua from the beginning, he's not going to lose you. So there's no reason to be discouraged and fall after like the children of Israel who fell on, uh, even though they had so many witnesses, they sat there and watched nine plagues, 10 plagues, devastate Egypt. They were delivered through the Red Sea and they got over there and they started whining after they saw all that. 
Now that was an example for us that we would not fall under the same disbelief. And that's what we need to do. I always say when somebody comes to me and they say how discouraged they are, I said, just get out a piece of paper and write down all the things that you just think hard, take take a couple days, write down that all the things that you know Yahshua the Messiah has done for you. And all the things he's allowed you to know and understand about him. And know that when he chooses you, when Yahweh choose, chose you at the from the beginning, he's he's not going to lose you. The devil's going to be on you like flies on caca trying to tell you you're lost, you're lost, you're lost. There's no way you're not good enough. Of course you're not good enough. Paul over there is talking to them. Everybody's looking all up unto him. And he says, I count myself not to have appertained. But seeing those things, oh, I press forward. He said he presses forward towards the mark of the high calling. He's just pressing forward. And that's talking about Paul. So that's what we got to do. We, we haven't reached where we want to be yet. We're not in perfection while we're still, still in this flesh. But we've been chosen and we can see, we know because of the witnesses how Yahweh is working with us. So we just press on, press. And you know what? I was watching the news the other day. It was in one of these East Coast cities. This poor newscaster was trying to stand and the snow was blowing so hard. I think it was in Buffalo. It's like he had to like lean into the snow, to the blizzard, just to stay standing up. And it made me think how we're supposed to be down here at the end because we got a blizzard coming towards us because there's every wind of, every strong wind of doctrine and the devil's like concentrating his most on us the sons of Yahweh to try to discourage us and here we are we got to just press forward and push and go as hard as we can and when that happens it's to our benefit it's to our learning it's to our confidence in Yahshua the Messiah because you know what if you didn't have Yahshua in you you wouldn't be pressing these days because it's it, you you just sit back and like give up. But Yahshua is not going to let you do that because you're chosen. Now, did we get that Yahshua saying, I haven't lost any of them that I lost in John 17? Yes, we have a couple examples. Sean grabbed one as well. Uh, first one is John 17 and 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in my name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. Those the, the ones that Yahweh gave him from the beginning, you know, when, when he gave it to him, from the beginning, right? We already read this. From the beginning of the world, he's chosen you unto salvation and given you to Yahshua, the Messiah. And he, and now what did he say there, Dave? It says, those that, I, that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. Not one, not one is lost. And it might look like some are lost sometimes that Yahweh is chosen because I know I was hanging out in the other camp for a while. 
and, and Yahweh, I looked like I was a lost cause to, to some of y'all. But Yahweh caused us and called us out of there. It wasn't the same time as everybody else, but it was the time that Yahweh chose to do that. And it was a witness to, to I know it was to Bruce and I, it was a witness to us that he called us. Because we know if it wasn't for us, we'd have still been in that, we'd, we'd have been in that darkness. But Yahweh, because of his mercy and, and, and grace, has called us out of that iniquitous state, every one of us. He's called us out of bondage. That's what he does. He'll put you in bondage and then call you out of there. That's what he did with the children of Israel. With Joseph there, they all came down to get the food and they ended up being in bondage. Then he called them out. Then he'd send Israel back into bondage. Then he'd call them back out. And you know what? And he's put us into bondage of that carnal mind, satanic spirit, and he's calling us out. He's calling us, he's chosen us, and he's called us. He, he says, you did not choose me, John 15, 16. I John. have chosen you. John, yeah, John 15. I, you have not chosen I, me. I got I it. I got to hold it for you. Okay, go ahead and read that. John 15, 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So now there's something. Five you, minutes, please, Dr. Thank John you, Geller. Thank you so much. It says that he has chosen us to bring forth fruit. Is that what that said there? Yes, that ye should go and bring forth fruit. So he's not chosen us just so we can sit on our duff and be happy that we are chosen ones. He's chosen us to bring forth fruit. That's how we know when we're a good tree that doesn't need to be hewn down, when we're bearing forth fruit. That's why we should be zealous. It talks about the in the book how we should be zealous of, of good works. Because I, I could go on and on about how we're not saved by works, but yet and still, we're going to be doing some works. Because we know that we have been chosen not just for the heck of it, We've been chosen to be vessels to promote this gospel, to bring forth fruit. That's why when we're, no matter what, we do the best we can to try to get to class. We do the best we can to, I don't care, do you need a scripture reader? Do you need a moderator? Do you need a speaker? You know, it's not my favorite thing to do, but you know what? I've been called. I've been chosen to bring forth fruit. So it's my it's 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 my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I'm always taking food to like my neighbors and stuff and share here's some here's some food for you, you know, cuz I make so much food all the time. And it's my pleasure to like give somebody a meal. They don't have to cook. My neighbors don't have to cook tonight. Here's a meal. And, and, and it's like, um, I'm the, I'm the check your car hood lady. 
It gives me so much pleasure to give somebody else something that I have that's good. And that's the same way with the gospel. It's so it's a pleasure to be able to to be used as a vessel of righteousness. And if you don't want to be used as a vessel of righteousness, you might want to rethink, you know, <laughs> rethink. I'm not saying it's glorious and wonderful, everything we have to go through, because the chosen ones always suffered persecution for Yahshua's sake. But they all, with everything in them in, glorified Yahshua to the best of their ability. And, and, and that's what they were chosen for. Anyway, thank you for your attention. I'm so glad to have been with you today and look forward to the rest of class. Rosa, I'll give you the phone. Just go ahead and thank you. Thank you, Dr. Geller. Appreciate your testimony. And we will refer back to the Dean, Dr. Patrick Trevison. It is at this time my pleasure to introduce from the Syracuse branch. Dr. Deb Kamani. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, man. I had to get on Zoom in a different way tonight. And um, I, can't, I can't just, like, go to my mute and unmute. It's very... Very odd. I don't know what's going on with my computer, but I, I was just sitting here getting a chuckle out of Jerry because her and Bruce are so animated when they get <laughs> rocking, <laughs> talking about the gospel. And um, they're, they're a lot of fun because um, they're joyous and they're happy, but yet they know it's, it's a serious matter. So we're going to um, continue continue talking about the gospel and continue talking about just how important it is. Um, if I could just start with first Corinthians 15, one through four, um, I, I always just really appreciate Paul putting it into a little capsule summary here. Um, so everybody can get the idea of what it is we're talking about when we say the gospel, I was just coming across, uh, some other reading I was doing um, on the computer, and sure enough, there it is, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Matthew. The, and it's just so, uh, I don't know, it just derails you. It just takes you and scatters your head because you're never going to remember everything that's in those four books to think that's the Gospel. So mm -hmm. this is four verses instead of four books, and it is so wonderful to just, you know, get a summary Get the mm -hmm. idea of what we're talking about, and then get the idea why everybody's so happy. First Corinthians 15 and 1, Deb, right? Yes. Okay. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that the Messiah died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, 
and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Bruce. So my first thought when Bruce was reading that is that he's saying, I declare unto you the gospel, gospel meaning I declare unto you the good news. Mm. Now, if one of my coworkers says to me tomorrow, Deb, I got really good news. I'm going to wonder and say, what is it? Okay. So mm -hmm. this word gospel means good news, but good news about what? Okay. So now he's saying, you've, I preached it to you, you received it, and now you stand in it. And then this gospel is going to have such a good news factor that you're going to be saved. Now, if my coworker tells me tomorrow, I got good news, you're going to be saved. I'm going to say, saved from what? Because I'm standing there at, and I'm at my desk and I, I don't see any fire. I don't see any lion at the door or any policeman coming. So saved from what? So what Jerry and what Bruce have talked about before, and a lot of people in our Zoom class have talked about before, is this idea is that there was none that were righteous or there was none that was in a state or capacity of righteousness. Like I was watching this thing the other day on Mother Teresa and it is just so sorry because she is so misleading to so many people, herself included, okay, that they were asking her, you know, Mother Teresa, what, what should we do and what should we, you know, of course, it was a, a recording from years gone by, but she was saying, all I say that you can do is just pray. Pray is learning and pray is healing. And she went on and on and on about prayer. And I just thought it was so ironic because Dr. Finley let us know that Prayer isn't going to change anything. If the end's declared from the beginning, okay, you and that the Holy Spirit, he does all the praying for us because we don't have a clue what we really need or should ask for. You can get that over in Hebrews, the eighth chapter, just saying, okay. And she, and she so she was giving these poor people such a, a misguided, misleading direction. And that's what's happened with so many people. And then they get so frustrated, they just throw their hands up. And you know how many times at registration in the hospital, because I sit right by the registration desk in the cancer center, they'll say, uh, they'll ask, be asking all these questions to register a patient. And they'll say religion and people say none. Mm. So many times. And you know what? I don't blame them. Because if I had to sit out there, I had left my uh, family religion. I had left that. So when class found me, I, I was I was really ready for something. And boy, did I did Yahshua show me. So he's saying, you're also saved. Now, I think it's Dave. I think it's Romans three, three and something. Um, just saying about, OK, saved from what? Well, OK, I'll show you. OK, so it's three and. 3 and 10 of Romans. Here's Paul, same guy that's writing Corinthians, same guy that's writing Thessalonians. Okay. 
Go ahead. Romans 3 and 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none righteous, no, not one. So now, go over to Hebrews 11 and 6. Hebrew, whoops, I'm sorry. Somebody gets it before me. Hebrews, all of a sudden. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to Yahweh must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Okay, so this faith, and you can read it over there. I think I might just have Dave read it since he's there. You can read it in uh, Romans 3 and 21. We'll find out how to become righteous, okay? And then you're going to see there is none righteous, no, not one. So how can you be saved from the state of unrighteousness okay so that's what we're talking about with the gospel with the saving following in the same vein as jerry was talking about with being chosen okay go ahead dave uh romans 3 and 21 but now the righteousness of yahweh without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets even the righteousness of Yahweh, which is by faith of Yahshua the Messiah, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. So do you see how the only way you can be righteous is having faith in Yahshua the Messiah? And the only way that you're going to be saved is to accept the faith of Yahshua the Messiah's good news or the gospel that he came to save sinners. So when he says over there in Corinthians, this gospel, you, you receive it, you stand in it, you're saved in it. If you keep in memory, unless you have believed in vain. Well, vain means, <coughs> excuse me, vain means you never had it because the faith of the operation that we're talking about is permanent. Okay. And I think we can get that. <coughs> Excuse me, in Ephesians, um, the first chapter. <coughs> uh, let me see, Ephesians 1 and 9. Okay. Ephesians, <coughs> Ephesians 1 and 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. <coughs> Sorry, go ahead, Bruce. Let's see. Um, Ephesians 1 and 9. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in the Messiah, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. Uh Want me to keep going, Deb? Yeah, Is that what yeah. you want? Okay. Um, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, 
being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now, wasn't that what Jerry was talking about? Being predestinated that we would obtain this inheritance. Now, this inheritance is going to be synonymous with your soul being saved because you're going to receive the righteousness of Yahweh. Now, remember what the righteousness of Yahweh is, Dave. Read it again in Romans 3.21. Romans 3.21. But now the righteousness of Yahweh without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of Yahweh, which is by faith of Yahshua the Messiah, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Upon all them that believe. Now, there was a time that I would have thought that meant it was upon me to believe and then Yahweh would reward me with this faith of Yahshua. But Jerry already spoke of this and she already um, taught it correctly. It's not that you are going to somehow work up on believing and then you're going to get the faith of Yahshua like he's going to give you that. That's not how it is. You're not going to have any righteousness Okay, because see how they're saying the righteousness of Yahweh apart from the law is manifested. That's any law, whether you said I'm going to read three uh, scriptures a day for the, a whole year. I'm going to go through the entire Bible and you made yourself a law to become righteous or I'm going to go to church every day. I'm going to go to Zoom every day. I'm going to go to class. See, if you made yourself a law and what Paul's talking about here is the righteousness of Yahweh apart from the Mosaic law. Okay, is manifested the righteousness of Yahweh apart from any law that our minds have put together and said, this is how I'm going to fashion me a God. See, apart from that is witnessed by the law and the prophets. Now, what is Paul talking about? Right. He goes on to say, even the righteousness of Yahweh which is by faith of Yahshua the Messiah. Now remember, this Yahshua the Messiah, his claim to fame, his pinnacle, his whole focus of why he came was the gospel. He would die, he would bury, he would resurrect on the third day, and he would save sinners by what? By putting his spirit in them. Now, if you see those men in the upper room, they are scared they are hiding because people know they hung around with Yahshua. And when they get that spirit poured out in their hearts and their minds, there is a change. And Jerry talked about that change where they, they came out of that upper room and they are preaching the gospel in the streets, no longer afraid for their own lives. And at those times, people didn't just like say, I'm not going to talk to you anymore because you're with that group. They killed you. They threw stones at you. It was pretty scary back there. So if you were somebody that you didn't, you know, you, you would hide. That's why Peter, he denied him three times. But what was the key there? Peter didn't have the Holy Spirit. Now, when Peter has the Holy Spirit, he's the one at nine o'clock in the morning shouting in the streets. What's he shouting about? The gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Yahshua, the Messiah, according to the scriptures. And that's where... 
when when you read that first Corinthians or when you get that in your head of that is what's going to save you is that Yahshua allows you to believe that he has saved you. Now, why, why is that important? Well, I'm going to show you something here. Okay. Dave, you still in Romans? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So go to Romans, the fourth chapter, and we're going to talk about the slate being clean, the slate being wiped clear. So all your sins that were recorded and people imagine when they die that they go up to the pearly gates and Peter opens this ginormous book and looks up your name and there's either black or there's white by your name saying yes or no. It's just kind of like Santa Claus all over again. You know, you're good or you get a lump of coal, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, they really just incorporated that whole thing. But, you know, Dr. Kinley, uh, he was in one of the... Uh, transcripts I just read uh, it was something about probationary period and he says we are in the kingdom now isn't that amazing we're not waiting to fly off somewhere folks we're in the kingdom now and that's how Jerry can talk and preach and teach this gospel the way she does because she understands that she's in the kingdom now she's happy she's at peace she has the righteousness. She has the faith. See, that's what we're talking about. We're not waiting for some big cataclysmic thing to happen. And then we suddenly fly off with angels wings. We're in the kingdom now. And I'm pretty sure it's probationary period. 1967 was the, um, was the transcript where he talks about that. And if we get that to the point where that's on our, the forefront of our mind, boy, so many things so much of our perspective changes. So Dave, read what saith the scripture. Um, let me see here. That's four and three of Romans. I just want to show you how David starts talking about the slate being cleaned. And that's what we're talking about. This faith or this consciousness that we're in the kingdom now. Remember, it says over there in another place, no fornicator, no adulterer, no sorcerer, all these other, you know, things, none of that is going to inherit the kingdom. So just remember that if we're in the kingdom now, it's because you, you've had the slate cleaned and now the faith of the operation is put in. So go ahead, Dave. It's four and three of Romans. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed Yahweh, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Okay, why did Abraham believe Yahweh? Well, guess what? Because the the, the men were uh, back there, the prophetic men, they had the spirit put in them. Holy men of Yahweh spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So Abraham isn't some amazing man that you can't stand next to. He is a man, just like you're a man or you're a woman, okay? that he It was counted unto him for righteousness because Yahshua put it there. Same thing with us, see? There's not going to be anybody. These are people that were just picked. They were just people that were just chosen to do Yahweh's work, to show Yahweh's purpose and plan. But we're going to be in that kingdom right now, same as Abraham, same as Moses. Same as Noah. 
Go ahead. Verse 4. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. See, if you want to work about it, if you want to try to read the Bible every morning and go to church every day, you want to try to work about it, then guess what? Then you failed the new covenant because the new covenant is not of debt and you're never going to get there. Just like Jerry said, it's just like paddling upstream with a hole in the boat. You're never going to get there. Go ahead. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Keep going. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom Yahweh impuneth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom Yahshua will not impugn sin. Now, do you see the the glory and the you know the the beautiful pleasure that he has in giving us of his spirit and wiping the slate clean? He does not have pleasure in iniquity. You can read that in another spot in the old covenant. Yahweh does not have pleasure in iniquity. So once we've gotten to this place where the, you know, blessed is the man that your iniquities are forgiven. That's where we are right now and whose sins are covered. It's just like back there with the um, children of Israel. That was a type, that was an example, but they had a day of atonement on October 10th and only one person gets to go up into the most holy place of a tabernacle and that's the high priest and he's going to find out if the sins are atoned for, if the children of Israel are covered for another year period. See, and I just don't really remember any time where it said that Yahweh didn't offer atonement and that they weren't, you know, forgiven because that's his purpose. He's on a mercy seat, see, grace and mercy. So here's David just saying in another spot, blessed are you when your iniquities are forgiven and your sins are covered. And, he, and Yahweh's not going to impute sin. That's how we sit in the kingdom now, see, because no adulterer, no fornicator. And, and you know what I'm talking about? You know, I'm not asking anybody to go out there and do any physical acts that might you know, hurt themselves, hurt other people. But you know what? I'm not talking physically. The fornicator and the adulterer are the ones that would go from here, from this class, and go out into the Catholic Church and try to act Catholic. That's going to be a fornicator and an adulterer, see? Or a murderer. I'm not talking about me going over with a knife and slaying somebody, you know, cutting their heart out. A murderer, I'm talking about is somebody that tries to take somebody else's soul and make them think something other than the truth. That's a murderer. That's the reality. And that's what we're talking about. So you got to see this beauty of this gospel. Did we finish up in Corinthians? I know we finished in Romans. Did we finish just reading that whole Corinthians down about the... Um, the gospel? If, if we finished that, yes, we did finish it, huh? Okay, yeah. then go over to the scripture for a minute. 
What was the scripture again? I'm sorry. Uh, Second Thessalonians. Yeah, you want Second Thessalonians, Deb? Yes, uh, start in, at one. Third, second chapter. Yeah. Uh, two. Okay. Second Thessalonians two and one. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of the Messiah is at hand. See, the day of the Messiah is at hand. So that means after Yahshua's death, burial, resurrection, He's going to tarry, and then he's going to pour out his spirit, and that is the kingdom come, the kingdom present on earth at that point. And it keeps, that's Pentecost, June 6th, and it keeps on going until, like they said, till the last one is safely in the body of Yahshua the Messiah, and then this thing gets wrapped up because there's nothing more to do and he's going to hand it back to the Father, just like um, Jerry said. He's going to hand it back to the Father. And the Father's going to say, well done, my son. Because what Yahshua is doing is bringing the bride back to the Father. And you can see that back there so so pretty with um, uh, Rebecca and Rachel and how um, Jacob and, is, and um, Isaac, they had to go out. And guess what they had to do? They had to find wives of their own people they couldn't go out to the heathen and they couldn't mix and they couldn't intermarry and they had to bring wives back of their own people of their own nation and it's just a type it's just an example okay like today an italian doesn't have to marry an italian it's just an example to show how yashu is going to be going after his own his own bride selected already Already Jerry covered that, how chosen and how we're going to obtain that inheritance. So go ahead. Third verse. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now that's Who happened for us, folks. That man of sin has been revealed. And... We are able, we have the gift of discernment. You can read that over in Malachi, the third chapter. We have been given the gift. We've been given all the gifts, but you, uh, you have been given the gift of discernment. Like I remember when I was way, way, way young in class, and I remember asking my girlfriend, do you think you know anybody in class that doesn't have the Holy Spirit? <laughs> because I just thought everybody did. But as you grow, it's like just like a child, you know, everything's fun and, and games and let's play. But as you grow and as you learn and as you discern, like Paul said, you know, um, he would, you know, give you, I would give you meat, but you need milk because you're not discerning. You're not exercising. See, we, we do discern and we do grow in the spirit. And that's, that's a gift that you don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about um, being led down the wrong path because Yahshua's in us doing the discerning. He's going to pick up on that evil spirit or that righteous spirit. Go ahead. Fourth verse, who opposeth and exalteth himself 
above all that is called Yahweh or that is worshipped, so that he as Yahweh sitteth in the temple of Yahweh, showing himself that he is Yahweh. Now, we might have been in that in that situation prior, but that doesn't have any hold on us now. Um, I did find that little piece I wanted to read to you from, um, this is called Warning, Probationary Period, and it's September 1967. So it's just like a little paragraph. I'm going to read it. Dr. Kinley, the kingdom of God is as of now. You are in the kingdom. It has already been set up. And I do mean here in the world. And as Paul put it, says he has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Do you recall and do you remember that he sent them out to preach that the kingdom of heaven was at hand? Now, if he was way down here nearly 2000 years and it ain't been set up yet. Now, that wouldn't hardly make no sense. But now the reason why some of us can't appreciate that the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is as of now is because we haven't never repented or apologized. We just haven't come to the knowledge of it. We just don't realize that it is. So when Paul's over there and he's saying, um, you already read it, Bruce, in the second uh, verse, that the day of Yahshua is present or is at hand he's talking about that kingdom see and he's making the kingdom come see and right. we just got into this mode in christianity where we thought we were waiting to go to the kingdom and really as as jerry said and as people have said about the craziness of the world right now you would not think this was the kingdom but it's we're talking about heaven as a state of mind. We're not talking about outside. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about heaven being at my desk at work. I'm not talking about I was in a traffic jam for one solid hour. I went I left for work an hour early because I had a lot of work on my desk. And I was in a traffic jam for one solid hour. So that hour, that beautiful hour to get caught up was gone. That's that's not what we're talking about as oh that's the kingdom come because we're thinking the kingdom come is pearly gates and the lion laying down with the lamb and all that good stuff but what i did find was that i was in my car it was 10 degrees out i was warm i had just gassed up i had plenty of gas i had the radio going i was warm i felt good sun was shining so i said well here i am just got an hour to myself and i didn't you know I didn't think of anything particular or whatever, but I'm just saying that we, I seen this other lady pulling at her hair next to me on the side. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just knew she wasn't in the kingdom. You know, she was like, she was probably running late or what, you know, it does put you off, you know, but I just thought that, you know, we as ya being in Yahshua's, you know, anything that comes toward us, anything that happens, we are okay. And we know that because we know all things work to the good. I should probably have, have that read because it's such, uh, it's like, you know, your favorite song on the radio. Yeah. Um, okay. So we'll have Romans 8 and 28 read. And, um, you know, I might want to start at 26 and just read down a little minute because I don't want people to get confused. 
when I was talking about prayer because Dr. Kinley, you know, he was saying, you know, prayer don't change anything because the end is declared from the beginning. And, you know, he wanted us to get in there to find things out, to know what was in the book, to know what was in our, our scriptures, to know what Yahshua said. And if you're just praying, you like, you know, we said you could be praying for that Cadillac. You could be praying for that money. You could be praying for that woman. Mm -hmm. It's not really what we're talking about to get your soul in that state of righteousness, peace, and joy. So go ahead. Romans 8. Five minutes, Dr. Cometti, please. Okay. Thanks, Rick. Romans 8 and 26. <laughs> likewise, the spirit, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should, what we ought to pray for as we ought. See now, see where Paul's going with this? We don't know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit, go ahead. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So how about that? You want to try to work up on a prayer or you want to have the Spirit do it for you and you can't even begin to utter what the Spirit can do. Go ahead. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the sons, according to the will of Yahweh. Now, do you see how precision, how clean, how pure that is? You see what I'm, and, and, you know, that Mother Teresa, she just led many people astray. And you know what? At the end of her days, she said she preached from darkness. And it just really blew my mind how many people she would have derailed by her saying she preached from darkness. And then they tried to fix it. Rick can tell you all about it. It was a National Geographic. But they tried to fix it and say, well, when Yasha was on the cross, he's saying, why have, thou, why have you forsaken me? And so yeah, Mother Teresa saying, why have you forsaken me in the sense of she preaching from darkness? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that just blows me away at what they've done to people. And they don't mind. They don't know, so they don't care. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love Yahweh, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So when you when you get when you take a hold of that and you grab that and you really grab onto what he's saying there. And then you see what Dr. Kinley's talking about, about being in that kingdom now. You don't mind if you're in a traffic jam. You don't mind what, what's going on because you know that Yahweh has got it all covered. And if you're in the body of Yahshua, there's nothing that's going to go wrong. Granted, your, your pipes might burst, your car might wreck, your, you, know, you might have health issues or whatever. But it's still not wrong because Yahweh is allowing it. Just like real quick, David, when he's sitting up on the hill, you can read about this. Here's David. He's sitting up on the hill. And this guy's no, David's walking by and this guy's on the hill and he's throwing rocks at David. And David's servant freaks out. He goes, let me go kill this guy. I can't believe he's doing this to Yahweh's, you know, anointed David. And David says, don't you realize Yahweh's the one that's allowing that? So when you're getting rocks thrown at you, folks, realize Yahweh's allowing it. And you just you got it all covered because he's the one that's got you covered. So thank you for the time. I appreciate it. Turn it back to Ricky.
ahead, well, Deb, I'm so glad that you did not pull your hair out. <laughs> and at this time, I'm very pleased to announce our, our final speaker, the Dean of Oceanside, California class, Dr. Dennis Bolpe. I want to say good evening to everyone, and I want to say that the first two speakers really did a very stimulating uh, job of presenting this teaching. And I can just try to take off from things they've already laid down. Now, I want to go back to start with, uh, back to 2 Thessalonians uh, 2.13, if we would, because I want to make a point in there that I think is important to know. So let's go ahead and start there. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13. But we are bound to give thank, thanks always to Yahweh for you, brethren beloved of Yahweh, because Yahweh hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Now, I want to point out something here. Now, I think that uh, it was very, very well expressed how we were chosen right from the beginning. Now, we're chosen unto salvation through sanctification of the Spirit. Now, the sanctification of the Spirit, what is that? What's that talking about? How are we sanctified through the Spirit or of the Spirit? I'll say it that way. Now, the word sanctification means to purify and belief of the truth. So let's, let's just take it and put those two things together. Now, first of all, go over there and get Ezekiel 36.24, if you wouldn't mind. And also, let's see, one of my other readers, I also want to go to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and I want you to get down to the verse where it talks about um, uh, chastisement, where that begins. So let's first read Ezekiel 36.24. Ezekiel 36.24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Now, that was very adequately expressed uh, by Deb. Deb talked about being in the kingdom. Now, that's really our land that that scripture is talking about, is you being translated into the kingdom. I'm just jumping forward to the reality of what that scripture really means. And that is for you to dwell in Yahshua. Now, uh, it says that we are uh, going to be put in our own land. Now, we know that the whole world lies in wickedness. And we know that mankind is being ruled by these demonic spirits that have been cast out of the angelic. And we see what we're looking at when we turn on the news at night. And when we see what's going on in the world, we are seeing the operation of that mystery of iniquity through the hearts and minds of man mankind itself. And so what I want you to know is we come out of that. We were amongst the heathen. Now, the heathen are those that know not Yahweh. And even though we might have gone to church and we were a Catholic or an Episcopalian or a Methodist or a, even a Jew, none of us knew nothing about Yahweh. 
So really, we were amongst the heathen. Now, here's what we got. He's taking us out from amongst the heathen and putting us in our own land, which is to dwell in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. Keep reading, please, Ezekiel. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will right I there. cleanse you. Right there. He is talking about putting us first in our own land and then sprinkling clean water upon us. Now, the clean water's purpose, and I'm just going from a natural standpoint, is to purify you, to cleanse you. And so what, what, what we have to understand is, what is that clean water that he's going to sprinkle upon us that's going to cleanse us from our idols and various other things, as well as we know even our own sins and so on? Now, that water he's not talking about is over in the baptismal pool at your church. Nor is it the holy water when you go into a Catholic church and the back of the, uh, the entrance is always in the back of the church. And when you come in, there's a little something they put up on the wall there uh, that, you can, that has water in it that the priest has set hocus pocus over it and made it holy. And you're supposed to stick your hand down into that water and then bless yourself by saying in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, first of all, let me say this. They did a test years ago about holy water to find out how clean it was. And there was an article about it, and it was worked with in class, and this is going back many years ago. Now, the article said that when they tested the water, it was loaded in bacteria from all the people putting their hands down in there, and uh, that bacteria was going off on them, you would come in after the guy in front of you and put your hand right into his filth and then bless yourself with that unclean water. <laughs> I mean, as, as crazy as that sounds, that's exactly what we were doing. Yeah. Now, first of all, blessing yourself. There's an interesting thing. Because the greater, the lesser is always blessed by the greater. Now, for you to bless yourself, you would have to be greater than yourself, which you're not. And so you can't give yourself a blessing. Now, here's the here's to show how the mystery of iniquity works. He's taking water that is not pure, that is not clean, and having you make the sign of the cross, which is a sign of death. When somebody dies, you know, you see it all the time in the movies. Uh, somebody will die and somebody will make the sign of the cross to show that they're, uh, that they've, they're, they're mort or they're dead. In other words, the cross has always been a death sign. And so yeah. here we make a sign of cross on ourselves and we say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we didn't know one, any one of those names. We didn't know the name of Yahweh. We didn't know the name of Yahshua. And so here we are being led in darkness. We don't know what we're doing. We're doing it because the church had us believing that this was the way you were getting purified by putting holy water on you and repeating those words in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now, when you're in darkness... You'll believe anything that's told to you because you have no light which to compare it to of what they're saying. Now, Yahweh is promised here 
over here, Yahweh Elohim is promising that we're going to be taken out from amongst those that don't know Yahweh. And second of all, he's going to sprinkle clean water upon us. I'm talking about pure water. Now, pure water, ladies and gentlemen, is in reality, the preaching of the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah is that water that is pure. It is the real truth about your salvation and how Yahweh has set that up in his purpose. And we are being taught now in this teaching the gospel of salvation in Yahshua the Messiah according to the scriptures. And we know that Yahshua said over in John uh, 7.38, he said, He that believes on me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now the living water that is coming forth out of Yahshua the Messiah that or is coming out of a, I'll say it like this, the preacher that is speaking by inspiration and by the Holy Spirit we're operating through them. That water is the gospel that is not mingled with your theories, concepts, and opinions, but it is you going back and showing what Yahweh did back there or said back there in the Law and the Prophets that validates the doctrine that you're now teaching is direct from Yahweh and not a product of a man's mind. It's, in other words, this gospel is, cannot be polluted with our ideas or what we believe or all these things that we walk in the door with when we first walk in. Now, here's the whole situation. When we come down to class, we are actually being washed every time we come to class. And Paul talks about the washing of regeneration. Now, we are washed and cleansed because the things that are being taught that Yahweh is now directing us to comprehend and know will cause us to realize, now there's something else I didn't know that I was wrong about. Dr. Kinley used to say to us, you've never had a right thought in your life. Now, when I heard that, of course, I didn't say anything, but I thought, well, wait a minute. I thought this, and I thought this, and this is right, and that's right, and so on. Now, as time went on, as after I'd been in this class for uh, enough years, and, le and learned one thing after the next that I didn't know, or that corrected, usually corrected, things that I thought I knew. That was the gospel... Now, Yahweh's doctrine in the Law and the Prophets, taking out all of those ideas, theories, concepts, imaginations, everything that we had is being washed and cleansed. And guess what? We're still learning. We're still being corrected by the Holy Spirit because none of us know the whole story. And none of us are right about every thought that we have. We think we are. Uh, I remember one of the ministers getting on the floor making this statement one time. They said, did you know that you think everything that you think, you think is right? Because otherwise, why would you then think that? Why would you then uh, have that uh, opinion or idea if you thought it was wrong? So we believe everything we think is right. But guess what? Yahweh said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. 
until the Holy Spirit reveals to us this purpose and plan, and we are all getting it piecemeal, as our founder once said. What he saw instantaneously in his vision, and they had received a, a panoramic vision with an, a revelation that was a complete revelation of what was shown to him in the vision. He said, what I got instantaneously, you're going to get piecemeal. So we are, as we grow in this teaching, being uh, constantly cleansed and, 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 and taught uh, something that is pure, that is not from the mind of man, but is directly from Yahweh himself. And when we get up here and we teach this class and we tell people when they first come in that this teaching is a product of a divine vision and revelation imparted to Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley. Uh, the truth is that people are not going to really believe that until Yahshua starts opening up these mysteries and revealing these things that are being taught by the founder, where you come to the realization no man could have figured this out. No man could have come up with this. And so Doc used to say when he'd get on the floor, he would make the statement that I want you to know, he said, that if anything you're hearing me say tonight, if you recognize it to be the truth, please be advised. He said, I don't know anything to tell you about Yahweh unless Yahweh himself tells you. He said, Yahweh has to reveal this thing to you so that you know that these things are from him and not from Henry Clifford Kinley or not from Dennis Volpe or anybody else that got on the, gets on the floor. These things have to be a product of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because our salvation in that 13th chapter is by sanctification by the Holy Spirit. Now, sanctification is purifying us. Now, did you go over to Hebrews for a minute, that 12th I, chapter, and find I, that verse? I got it. Thank you. Would you read I that, please? Yeah, Hebrews 12 and start at 5. Okay. And ye have forgotten forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of Yahweh, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Mm -hmm. For whom Yahweh loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now listen. We think in our mind a lot of times when we hear that term chastise and scourging his son, we see somebody grabbing their child. This is what I envisioned in my head when I first heard that. Grabbing your child by the arm and taking, uh, well, and when I was a kid, taking the belt to their rear end, as it were, or spanking them, however you want to look at it. And we thought, well, that's what chastisement is. Now, what was interesting when I heard that term, that's the way I envisioned it, but when it was explained that the word chastise means to purify, that's what it is. It is a cleansing. It's a pure purification. And, and Dr. Kinley used to say this to us all the time. He said, now you are your own worst enemy. And really, uh, he used to repeat that quite often. And that's because we're very reluctant to ever admit we're wrong about anything because our nature is that we have crafted our so-called self-image to people by them thinking highly of us. And if we have to admit we're wrong, people are going to think less of us. Well, let me tell you this. This teaching will humble you. 
It will make you realize that you're not as great as you'd like to believe you are or that you deserve any kind of uh, high praises and recognition. Other than that, Yahweh has given you something that is representing him, which is the preaching of the gospel by the Holy Spirit, by the witnesses that have been revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. That is our whole now uh, 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 recognition of truthfully the righteousness of Yahshua manifesting through all of us. And what I want you to realize is that every time you are corrected by something that you thought that is corrected by the scriptures and you accept that chastisement, that will cause you to grow. Keep reading, Bruce, where you were. Okay, and seventh verse. If you endure chastening, Yahweh dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Mm -hmm. But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, mm -hmm. then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, mm -hmm. we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Mm -hmm. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? Mm -hmm. for, they, for they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. But he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Mm -hmm. now, now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. All right, now listen. We just read two things in the last two verses that was what Deb Cometti was talking about. Now, that last verse, go to the one on top of that one again and read it one more time, please. Okay, let's see now. Uh, oh, Ten. For verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now listen, one of the, the definitions of sanctification is holiness. Now the way you become holy is through chastisement or correction, ladies and gentlemen. Well, why? Read the next verse. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness. It yields righteousness. Right. Chastisement, the fruit of it is righteousness. Now, watch what I'm going to say here. We know that Yahshua told, told them that he was the vine and they were the branches, and that every branch had to bring forth fruit. And then every branch also was purged that it might bring forth more fruit, which means it was cut and trimmed so that it would grow even more fruit. Now, what I want you to understand is that chastisement is correction. That's what it is. It's not beating you up physically, nor is it uh, uh, making you, embarrassing you in front of people or putting you down or belittling you. That's not chastisement. That's not what Yahweh is doing. What he's doing is he's correcting us for our own uh, so-called uh, uh, benefit. 
because it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness in each and every one of us, and it sanctifies us. It is a sanctification by the Holy Spirit. This is how you're saved. Now, going back to what we just read in Thessalonians in that verse that we left off, uh, again, please read 13 one more time. But we are bound to give thanks always to Yahweh for you, brethren, beloved of Yahshua, because Yahweh hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Now listen, listen. When Yahweh chastises and cleanses you from a, something that was wrong thinking or wrong attitude or whatever you want to talk about, it is making us more perfect through each time that we are being corrected. And what is that, how is that spirit going to save us? By not only sanctifying us of the spirit and the belief of the truth, which is a result of you being sanctified. Yes. Sanctification is what is causing you really to believe the truth because when Yahweh sets up this purpose and it is preached properly, you have no room to be able to dispute it. Dr. Kinley used to say this all the time. He said, you believe this because you can't refute it. And he said that, that this teaching is irrefutable. And he said he challenged the world to dispute and refute this teaching, and listen to what I'm going to say, out of the scriptures. Doc used to say that all the time, that if anybody can disprove this teaching out of the scriptures, he said, I'll shut this school down, pack up my things, and I will follow after you. And he used to say nobody in the 45 years of his ministry was able to successfully refute or dispute this teaching. Now, what I want you to know is that we literally are going to be taken captive by the truth because once Yahshua has cleansed us of our theories, concepts, and opinions, it humbles us and it causes us to accept correction, which is now the purification of your soul and your thoughts, and it yields the fruit of righteousness to them that are exercised thereby. Now, I want to go to another place. I want to go over to Romans now, the 10th chapter, if you don't mind. And I want you to start at verse 8. Okay, Romans 10 and 8. And 8. Okay. But what oh boy i don't want to start in the middle of something but I'll, i know because i don't what? want to work with what's above it right now so i didn't want to start okay. at seven but go ahead and read for right, anyway no but what saith it the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart that is the word of faith which we preach now that's what was preached tonight we were preached about having faith. Jerry talked about having faith in Yahshua saving her, knowing after she tried to make herself worthy of faith, I mean of salvation. And, and it was also preached about faith by Deb. And that's what we're preaching is faith in Yahshua the Messiah that will deliver us at the end of this age to be faultless. And we say it at the end of every class in our doxology. Now unto him that is able 
to uh, present us faultless before the presence of his glory. Now, what I want you to know is we put our confidence that Yahshua will make us acceptable to the Father. Uh, Deb talked about us all being gathered in him and, and, and brought to the Father. Now, when we were brought to the Father, we have to be accepted by Yahweh. Yahweh's got to say, yes, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. I'm talking about you now as a member of that body. Now, Yahshua's job is to, as it says in Philippians, the first chapter, he said, he that has begun a good work in you will perform it unto the end. He didn't say he who is doing a good work in himself will be okay at the end. No, he that is performing the work in us is the Holy Spirit or Yahshua. He is working our soul. As Deb talked about how they do, we do, we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit maketh intercession. You don't know what is going to take for Yahweh to accept you when Yahshua presents us as the fruit of his labor. You don't know what that entails, but he does. You have no chance of being accepted by Yahweh or to be saved other than by you submission, by you being submitted to this uh, gospel through the sanctification of the Holy Spirit by the, and I'm going to get to that by the foolishness of preaching. Now I want you to see this here. Uh, uh, here, what he says here. He said, "This is the word that we preach." Keep reading. The word of faith which we preach. Right. That if thou, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Savior Yahshua, and shall believe in thine heart that Yahweh hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now watch. Let's, let's just take that for a minute and analyze it. Now we're going to preach with our mouth. First of all, we can't preach anything with our mouth devoid of the Holy Spirit. You need Yahshua or the Holy Spirit to be able to express the Father and this purpose through your mouth, it takes the Holy Spirit for that preaching to be actually correct and powerful. And listen, not only that, but he said, you shall believe in your heart and that he raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. Now, let me say this to you. Which heart is he talking about? He said, you have to believe in your heart. Which heart? You have two hearts that every one of us have been given. We've been given the heart that we had before we came in the class, which is referred to in Ezekiel as a stony heart. Now, are you still back there in Ezekiel 36? Yes, I am. All right. Now, keep reading from here. He said, oh, and I will take you from among the heathen and bring you into your own land, and I will sprinkle clean water upon you and cleanse you from all your filthiness and all your idols. Read from that point down. All right, verse 26. A new heart also will I give you. Now, you need a, a new heart, heart, ladies and gentlemen. You need a new heart. Otherwise, he wouldn't bother giving it to you. If your heart was acceptable or was capable of receiving the things of the Spirit and to be able to believe in that heart, well, then there'd be no need to get a new one. But obviously, there's something wrong with that heart that he's talking about that you already have prior to him giving you a new one. Keep reading, please. 
a new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. Mm -hmm. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. Right there, and ladies and gentlemen. Here's, here's what it is. Hang on, I'm going to the chart. We come into class with a stony heart. Now that stony heart, a stone is something that's hard. It's not soft and malleable. It's hard. We come in hardened in our hearts when we walk in the door. None of us walked in with the heart that he talks about that's the new heart. That heart has to be taken. Uh, in other words, we have to take away, there's the circumcision, that stone off of that heart to get that heart to be tender and be able then to feel love and love the truth and love the brethren and all those sorts of things, we have to have that tender heart. That stony heart isn't going to get it done. And that was the problem with the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness there. And Yahweh said in Deuteronomy, oh, that there was such a heart in them. Now, I want yeah. you to know that you had the same heart the Israelites had back there in the wilderness of Sinai when you walked in the door. Now, that heart isn't going to get it done. There has to be a new heart that is given unto us to receive the things of this new covenant, the, the doctrine and the, and the purity of this teaching. And if you look at that heart, uh, the New Day heart, you see right to the right of New Day, it says chaste, pure. That means sanctified, because the word sanctification means to be purified. And we that is a sanctified heart, ladies and gentlemen. And underneath, you see where it says true? Well, the reason is, is that without sanctification, we are incapable of accepting the truth. Because our pride, which is over on the left side, which we all have, we got proud up there on that left side. That proud right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the enemy of love and of humility. We walk in with a certain degree of pride. There are people that I know that had come down to class thinking that they were going to be able to overcome this teaching and disprove it because they thought, well, I know a lot and I know this and I know that and I'm going to come down and show where it's wrong. That came down and in one class were silenced and impacted and never stopped coming after that because they realized that they had met something now that took them down from that thought that they had about themselves of being high up here in intelligence and all these other things to humble them to receive the true gospel of Yahshua the Messiah. That takes, that takes the Creator to do that. That takes the Holy Spirit. You're not going to do that on your own. You're not going to make that heart right that is acceptable to Yahweh, but Yahshua knows how to do it. He knows how to circumcise your heart, just like when the people were told in the wilderness, circumcised, I see I got five minutes, circumcised the foreskins of your heart, Yahweh said in Deuteronomy, and be no more stiff-necked. Well, the people weren't able to do that. So that was in the 10th or 11th chapter of Deuteronomy. But in the 30th, <laughs> excuse me, the 30th chapter, Yahweh said, and I will circumcise your heart to love me. You need to have your heart circumcised. That's the removal of that stone that you see there. That's the circumcision. Now, 
That's the only heart that can believe unto salvation. So when we read over here in Romans, when we read over here in Romans, hang on, I just lost my, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't get my, my Bible to open up. Here we go. And when we read over here, I got it now, I'm there. And what he says uh, that if we believe in our heart that Yahweh hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Well, what heart? You have to ask this question, ladies and gentlemen, because there's the heart that we have the hard heart and we have the new heart, the fleshly heart that is soft and tender. Which heart do you think is going to be able to accomplish that, to believe in your heart unto righteousness? So therefore, when you come in and we say that you have to believe this gospel in order to be saved, that is true. But you can't do it with the heart that you walk in the door. So Yahshua has to give you a new heart in order for you to believe unto salvation. Which means he's responsible for why you have the Holy Spirit. You didn't do a darn thing to make your heart right. You don't do anything that will cause you then to be worthy of receiving the Holy Spirit. Right. He's going to get all the credit. Because he's begun a good work in you from the very first time that you heard the gospel preach. It was him that is performing this work, sanctifying and purifying you and making you believe by one revelation after the next, your belief begins to grow. Like it is the example of the mustard seed that is tiny and small. And when it was planted in water, it grew into a big tree. And Yahshua talked about that. You walk in and you hear the name Yahweh. And you know something impacts you about that. And you hear that name Yahshua. And from there, that is the beginning of more living water being put upon that seed that caused you to grow into a mustard seed, and you, uh, into a mustard tree from a mustard seed. And that is now the heart of faith. That is the confidence that we have in this teaching that we're willing to die for. That's what removed the fear from the apostles when they went out on the day of Pentecost and knew that they could be, they would probably be murdered for the things that they were doing. So I want you to understand the mechanisms of how what was taught by the first two speakers actually work. And so what we got here is we got that we uh, it says for the heart man for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth he confesses confession is made unto salvation and this is after they receive a new heart and a new spirit which is in Ezekiel for the scripture saith whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed for there is no difference between the Jew, the Greek, for the same Yahweh over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of Yahweh shall be saved. You didn't know the name when you walked in the door. And then when you first heard it, most of us said, well, I got to go look that up. I got to check that out. I never heard that before. Look, for then, then shall they call on him, then how shall they then call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? 
And thou shalt, and, and how shall they preach except they be sent, as it is written? So it's the Holy Spirit being sent down to you when you walked in that door through those speakers that got on that floor that were preaching this gospel that was shown to the, the founder in his vision revelation that has been proven to them and caused them to, to uh, bind themselves. They were bound to this teaching because of that. And they're now preaching it unto you. And what happens is, that uh, we read down in 17, because I'm looking at that clock and I'm out of time. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of Yahweh. Now, I don't know about you, but the word of Yahweh is Elohim and Yahshua. That's the word, the word made flesh. It comes by, that's how That's how hearing comes. It says, for whosoever shall call up, no, wait a minute, where was I just reading? Uh, okay, my, my thing moved on me again. For then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of Yahweh. Now the word hearing isn't talking about sound waves hitting your uh, tympanic membrane or your eardrum. The hearing means to understand, to understand what's being spoken. That comes by Elohim, and that's what causes you to believe. I hope you got something out of that. I'll turn it back to the moderator. Peace in Yahshua to all the brethren. Thank you very much, Dr. Volpe, and that will conclude our class. I'd like to thank everyone for attending. <clears throat> and if we could um, stay muted until the uh, live broadcast is ended. Oh, and the, the class with doxology taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. From the Holy Name Bible. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say, hallelujah.